Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. May in this place be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, covetousness, stagnancy, ignorance. All of this, let it depart from the tents of your holy people and stand, O Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness, and may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented by Apostle Arkady in your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to lead it with your high and uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. The Book of Matthew 5, 45, and 48 That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Called to perfection. This promised commandment that we need to be perfect, as our Heavenly Father is perfect, is written in the Gospel of Matthew and presented to us in the series of the sermons of Pastor Arkady is the inheritance of the saints of all times and generations and this commandment is addressed by Christ himself exclusively to his students. We will be studying the main sign by which we can judge that we are partaking of the perfection of God, our Heavenly Father. And this is the ability to clothe our essence into the holy or the selective love of God. Colossians 3.14 But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And may the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were also called in one body, and be thankful. According to this place of scripture, the rule of the peace of God within our hearts is only possible upon the exclusive condition of the selective love of God abiding within our hearts and us being clothed into the selective love of God. And unlike the tolerant and egotistical love of man, the selective love of God differs in the fact that it contains the burning zeal of God, his omniscience and his absolute wisdom, that in no way can be used for corrupt, greedy, and egotistical goals of man. Due to this, it is specifically the power of the selective love of God that is called to destroy the stronghold of death within our body and erect the, str the resurrection of Christ in its place within our body and clothe our body into the resurrection of Christ in the form of our new man. 
The selective love of God can abide and demonstrate itself exclusively within the atmosphere of brotherly love, where we pass from the state of eternal death into the state of eternal life. 1 John 3.14-18 We know, we don't feel, we don't think, we know, according to the written word, the information we've received, the preached word, we know that we have passed from death to life. Why do we know this? Because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and truth. When a person is born from God, he is offered a choice, either to enter the state of death and become dead to God and useless for every good work, or enter the state of eternal life which he was not familiar with until this moment, and become useful for every good work and a demonstrator of brotherly love. Therefore, we will, speaking of brotherly love, we will need to answer four classical questions, and they are, full, uh, they are quite lengthy and deep, and so we have resurrected this subject and have confirmed it in our hearts, in our minds and in the confessions of our mouth. And so we need to confirm the covenant, confirm the word of God in our heart, our spirit, our renewed mind, and our meek mouth or our gentle mouth. We need to confess. Four questions. First, by what signs do we determine the people included in the category of our brothers for whom we are called to lay down our life so that we can demonstrate brotherly love in our faith? Second, what purpose is the selective love of God called to fulfill in our brotherly love for one another? Third, what conditions do we need to fulfill so that we can demonstrate the selective love of God in our faith in brotherly love? And fourth, by what signs do we examine ourselves that we have brotherly love for one another within the selective love of God. Today we will answer the first question. First question, by what characteristics do we determine the people included in the category of our brothers for whom we are called to lay down our life so that we can demonstrate brotherly love in our faith or in our love to God? Since as much as we know, during the time of the law of Moses as well as the time of the present, belonging to the law of grace, not all who call themselves brothers are perceived as the seed of God. The book of Apostle Paul Romans 9, 6-8 says, For they are not all Israel who are of Israel, 
nor are they all children, because they are the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac your seed shall be called. That is, those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise, are counted as the seed. Therefore the question, what status and virtue do the scriptures ascribe a brother in Jesus Christ, to whom we are required to show the love of God, so that we can pass from the death, state of death into state of life? The virtue that the scriptures ascribe a brother in Christ is identified as the virtue of a neighbor. Speaking of a brother in Christ, we are speaking of a neighbor. And so when it says brothers, it's not referring to gender, it's referring to a neighbor. That is what that means. And this includes both brothers and sisters. When the scriptures talk about brotherly love, or our love for our neighbor, then it implies love which we are called to show our brother in the form of our neighbor. Therefore, we need to provide exhaustive definitions for the one who can be called and be our brother in Jesus Christ in the form of our neighbor. And so let us look at seven signs identifying our brother in Christ. And likely, maybe even in the list, our telephone lists or others. Uh, and our lists can be sometimes expensive uh, to see who truly is our brother. We can examine this by examine them by these signs. First sign identifying our brother in Christ in the form of our neighbor is demonstrated in love for our Lord and for those people who are the messengers of God and represent the fathership of God to us. Matthew twelve fifty. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, which is our neighbor and sister and mother. Jesus said, Who is his neighbor? The one who does the will of my Father who fulfills his commandments. We for one another, he is saying, are neighbors. In its time, the fathership of God on earth was represented by the Son of God in the status of the Son of Man, and he was a neighbor to all people who behaved according to the truth coming out of their mouth. After his resurrection, Jesus, as the neighbor, passed this mandate on to his apostles, whom he chose so that they represent his interests for all humankind that does the truth. And so we have been offered an interesting uh, parable of Christ where we saw our neighbor, who our neighbor is, in the book of Luke. And this was uh, the Good Samaritan. We will see the, our, our neighbor, Jesus, when he resurrected, before he was taken to the Father, he needed to pass on his mandate to the people whom he chose or selected his apostles. And so let us look at this parable of Christ, and here we will see our neighbor. Luke 10, 30 through 37. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down, because the, the, he answered to a gentleman who asked him, Who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among 
and he fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he arrived at that place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he sat him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. And so further he asks this Jew, So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among thieves? Is it the priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Because he didn't want to say Samaritan, because for them it was a uh, it was to defile uh, them to acknowledge a Samaritan. And he said, he, he who showed mercy on him, then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise be the same kind of Samaritan the man walking down from Jerusalem to Jericho who was an Israelite symbolizes the category of Saints who received justification in Jerusalem but after to confirm this existing in him justification this given category in the symbolic form of this person decided to journey from Jerusalem to Jericho, the city of palm trees. And about this uh, city of palm trees, it is written, Psalm 92, 12 through 15. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. And so this is where this wounded man was going. He was going from Jerusalem to from the city of peace to the city of righteousness, city of palm trees. And he And we see here uh, what this person has to uh, be confronted with, the thieves that will hurt him, and also the priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan. And it's interesting, they are all walking the same path, the same uh, road from Jerusalem to Jericho. The thieves who hurt the man walking from Jerusalem to Jericho so that he can confirm the existing in him justification symbolizes our corrupt lusts being supported by governing sin in the form of the old man. David, in one of his psalms, notes the situation like this. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Psalm 51.5 Apostle Paul, describing his own state, and the man walking from Jerusalem to Jericho said this, For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, 
who will deliver me from this body of death? Romans 7, 22 through 24. And so when he says, a wretched man that I am, this is the one who was greeted by these thieves. This is one who is coming from the city of peace, Jerusalem, to the city of palm trees and righteousness, the city of Jericho. This was this person was David, the king, and also the apostle, and we are supposed to be that person also. The priest and the Levite, who were walking the same way and approached, looked, and passed by the wounded man, symbolized service of deadly words in the status of the law of Moses, which discovers the existence of sin within our body, inherited from the seed of the sinful life of our fathers. Romans 7, 7-11 through 11. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, You shall not covet. But sin taking opportunity by the commandment produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. I was alive once without the law. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment which was to bring life, I found to bring death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me and by it killed me. The law which discovered the programmable system containing in itself the program of sin within our body gives power to sin which becomes within our body the stronghold of death. The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. 1 Corinthians 15.56 And so the law of Moses it gives power to sin. While there was no law of Moses, there was no sin. But as soon as the Lord in the law explained what is good and what is evil, and man heard about this and the devil heard of this, the devil understood that it turns out that thievery is bad and other sins are bad, and he deceives a person, and in him then he has the desire to steal, and the devil then accuses him of being a thief. And the verdict for this is death. And so the law of sin and death is the law that discovers sin and condemns the sinner to death. The law of sin and death was not given by the devil. It was given by the Holy God against criminals. And it is called the law, the law of sin and death, the law that discovers sin and that brings a, a sinner to his death unless he receives justification from the Holy God. He will then be condemned. To receive justification, we will need the teaching so that the handwriting of requirements that was against us, it would be destroyed by the teaching of Jesus Christ. Without the teaching, people are under a curse are and are in the state of death. And so the law gives power to sin. When the commandment appeared, then the stronghold of death was revealed. It's like an organization that exists in multiple countries, uh, like the terrorist organization. Uh, Before these uh, organizations were formed, no one really identified these uh, terrorism in general as it is in the world. And so the terrorist uh, uh, organizations, they uh, 
began to focus on this and unfortunately terrorist uh, groups and and even uh, governments, organizations are being formed and expanded and this happens within within a man as well uh, the devil uh, inspires our very soul that has not passed through death uh, and begins to expand or tries to expand oh, so that it can take control of all of our body all of our world uh, our, which is our body and it has one purpose to uh, take over, just kind of like in the world that Islamic empires, they don't really care about the Islamic people. They want to take, truly, their very um, focus is to take over the world and to take control. And so many, uh, where we see today where the Muslims or Islam exists, it's not really the, the religion of Islam anymore, it's more terrorist groups and their entire uh, purpose or focus is to take over the world. The certain Samaritan symbolizes our neighbor in the form of Jesus Christ and those people who represent his delegation who take the same road or path from Jerusalem to Jericho as it is written, but a certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was and when he saw him he had compassion so he went to him and bandaged his wounds pouring on oil and wine and he set him on his own animal brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. And so the symbol of the donkey used by the Samaritan to bring the man wounded by the thieves to the inn symbolizes the body of Christ, with which he put our sins on the cross, so that we, being delivered from sin, would live for righteousness. 1 Peter 2.24 He who himself bore our sins in his own body on the, on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. The oil and wine symbolize the balm of the grace of God in the teaching of justification which destroys the handwriting of, of condemnation which was against us. Colossians 2.9-15 for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the sin of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith and working in the working of God, who raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. The inn where the man who was beaten by the thieves was brought by the Samaritan until he returns symbolizes the church who is waiting for the return of Christ in the pre-dawn darkness. The thieves symbolize the corrupt lusts inflamed by the old man. John 14, 1-3 Let not your heart be troubled. 
You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may also be. The innkeeper symbolizes the Holy Spirit, who will be with us forever. John 14:16 through 18 And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. Considering the given statements, love for the love for the Lord as your neighbor is determined by doing the commandments of the Lord, which we can only learn by the preached word about the kingdom of heaven. The word about the kingdom of heaven consists in the following, us by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus abiding within our spirit to deliver our body from the law of sin and death. In other words, the kingdom of heaven, which has come into our heart in the power of the Holy Spirit by the seed of the preached to us word, is called to destroy the stronghold of death within our body so that we can erect the stronghold of the resurrection of Christ in its place upon the condition that we have a heart that is cleansed from dead works and that the seed of the kingdom of heaven by our renewed mind in collaboration with our pure lips will be placed into our pure heart which will allow us to call the not existent heavenly body in the physical world as existent as much as we know the destruction of the stronghold of death within our body is called to occur by casting off the old man with his deeds by confessing the faith of God abiding within our heart in the process of casting off the old man with his deeds we die for our nation for the house of our father and for our carnal desires and the erection of the stronghold of the resurrection of Christ within our body is called to occur by collaborating our mind which is renewed by the spirit of our mind with our pure lips or our pure mouth with which we are called to clothe our body into the new man which is created according to God in Christ Jesus in righteousness and holy truth and such a process calls for the confession of such a format of the faith of God that abides within our heart, where we confess the not existent as existent. According to the words of Jesus Christ, only using the words of the faith of our heart are we able to cast the old man with his deeds off of ourselves and be clothed into the new man so that we can show love to our neighbor, our neighbor who is our Lord Jesus Christ. Only using the words of faith, confessing the faith that is within our heart, will we be able to cast off the old man with his deeds and clothe our bodies into the new man. Using our confessions, confessing the faith of our heart. Summing up the given sign, we conclude that we can become neighbors for Christ and Christ for us upon one condition. And that is if we journey from Jerusalem to Jericho, walking the same road that Christ is walking from Jerusalem to Jericho, to confirm our justification 
and the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. This is the path that Jesus walked, the road and the anointed ones as well, and this is the road that we, uh, this is where we greet the Holy Spirit. The Lord knew all of this. He already prepared the inn. He prepared the innkeeper. And so practically all is ready in this scenario. And how many people will actually be brought to this inn? How many are in need of this oil and wine? To have a need for this oil and this balm from Galad, we need to be this wounded uh, man. And this doesn't mean being drinking, drinking sin like water. Being wounded means understand that I received salvation in the format of a seed in Jerusalem, in this city of peace. And to keep the salvation, it is necessary for me to receive it in the form of fruit. That means I have confirmed my salvation. Where do we confirm our salvation? Not in the city of peace, but in the city of palm trees, in the city of righteousness, city of Jericho. And the road from Jerusalem to Jericho is this road is the most dangerous road and this is where you will be greeted by thieves and you will be at the verge of death but there's also Samaritan walking this road as well and upon this road is also an inn for for relaxation no This is a uh, this is a different place than just for vacationing. It's not a casino or a place of of enjoyment, as it were. And this this is a place of healing. This is a place where people come to become better. We gather here in the church. So that we can become as our Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes people stumble. Oh, what kind of people are they? I know Christians. You don't know Christians. We want to be as Jesus Christ. And we're not here to be pompous in our holiness. We're here to learn how to be like the Lord. To We come here for healing. And not to just uh, spend our time for other things. Second sign, identifying our brother in Christ in the form of our neighbor demonstrates itself in our sacred person. Here is where our neighbor also is. Our spirit is our neighbor, our sacred person, who without the help of our reasonable and will abilities will not be able to be healed from wounds inflicted by the thieves and become attached to the body of Christ. My neighbor is Christ and his messengers, and my neighbor also is uh, my neighbor is also my spirit. Romans ten eight through ten. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 
if the word of justification on our lips will not collaborate with the word of justification that is in our heart, then our salvation, which we have received freely by grace, in the redemption that is in Jesus Christ will be lost and our names will be blotted out of the book of life although they were written there at a certain point. If our spirit will not obtain our soul, our meek mouth, if they don't become friends, our names will be blotted out of the book of life. This friendship needs to occur within ourselves. Why is a person not friendly? Because he does not have uh, conflict inside and no peace. And so our neighbor is our sacred person and our uh, neighbors for our sacred person is our pure mouth. Therefore, a neighbor for our sacred person are our pure lips or our pure mouth without the collaboration of our mouth. Our sacred person will not be able to be healed from the wounds that were inflicted upon him or be attached to the body of Christ. Romans 6, 5 through 13. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man, knowing this, and not I'm feeling this, we say, I know, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Why? So that the body of sin might be done away with, that we would no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives in God. Likewise, you also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin. And so reckon yourself means call yourself dead to sin, consider yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. And so without our mouth, and without our renewed mind, our spirit will not be able to be healed from the wounds inflicted upon him by the thieves, by the old man. This is the second sign of our neighbor. The third sign, identifying our brother in Christ in the form of our neighbor, demonstrates itself in those saints with whom we have contact in our church. Saints that are in the church is the category of saints who are chosen from the multitude of the called to salvation. These are those who have died for their nation, the house of their father, and for their corrupt desires, which has elevated their status to a holy person, who by the means of absolute sanctification separated themselves for absolute dedication to God. John 13, 34, 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. But this all will know, by this all will know, that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Christ has loved only that category of people who are chosen from the category of the multitude of the called. It is the chosen that Jesus calls his brothers. We ask the question, by what signs do we distinguish our neighbor 
from the midst of our church for whom we could lay down our life so that we can pass from death to life? The answer is very simple. A neighbor, as a person dedicated to God, will always prompt dislike or resentment with their form of life. This dislike will come from the category of the called, and he will be subject to libel and disregard, and consequently will be in need of the help of the saints who, like him, dedicated themselves to God. There are such saints. And you, you hear these sayings sometimes, oh, how is it you treat uh, your mother? Uh, I would do so differently and I would do this and that. But they don't know that that mother and father of that person rejected the truth, rejected the commandments of God, rejected the uh, messenger of God. And so with time, they uh, obviously might... And so that takes, uh, and so it turns out that uh, that they start changing over time, or they, they and these things uh, make a difference in how uh, we behave toward them. And so you hear the complaint: How can you not acknowledge your mother or your father? And this is these are. Uh, statements that I've even heard in this service, and they stumble upon this. Uh, this happens in, the, in even the local church. First, the category of the called will take advantage of the materialistic help of the chosen, but will not have compassion for their needs. Second, the category of the called will never serve the chosen, but will always use them in their greedy personal interests. And so here is who our neighbor is and who isn't. And if in the realm of the law of Moses, the nation of God was called to love their neighbor as themselves, then in the realm of the law of grace, we are called to love one another as Christ has loved us. That is, lay our life down for one another. 1 John 3, 16 through 18. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Here, we are determining who our brethren are. These are our neighbors, and who are our neighbors? The third uh, sign, these are those that with their holy life, form of life, that with the sanctification and dedication are a stumbling block for others. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need shuts up his heart from him. How does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. We also need to note a pattern that pastors who have not died for their nation, the house of their father, or for their corrupt desires are men for hire. They are not pastors. They are men for hire who pursue personal benefits because of greed, who cannot be our neighbors to serve as healing for us. <clears throat> because the vessels of their heart are not cleansed from dead works, 
they are not able to be carriers of the revelations of the Most High. It's not just members, even leaders, pastors, helpers of pastors, who have not died for their nation, the house of their father, and their destructive desires, they are not able to be our neighbors. Fourth, sign identifying our brother in Christ in the form of our neighbor demonstrates itself in those parents who received the truth and abide within the order, which is the atmosphere of the body of Christ. If our parents hate the truth and the order existing within the body of Christ, then they cannot be in the Lord. Therefore, such parents are not able to be our neighbors to whom we need to show the love of Christ. Exodus 21, 14 through 17. But if a man acts with premeditation against his neighbor to kill him by treachery, you shall take him from my altar that he may die. And he who strikes his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He who kidnaps a man and sells him, or if he is found in his hand, shall surely be put to death. And he who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. This given law of God was ratified by Israel from the heights of the mountains of both Ebal and Gerizim, Deuteronomy 27, 16, 17. Cursed is the one who treats his father or his mother with contempt, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is the one who moves his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say, Amen. And the devil heard this. Carnal men heard this. Holy people heard this. And the devil said, And so he who treats his father and mother with contempt, and he begins to accuse people of these things. And so he tries to use the law to separate us from God, and now we need the teaching of Christ, because using the teaching of Christ, you can destroy the handwriting of requirements, which was against us. Because you can't just look at this uh, from one, uh, one-sidedly. If our parents by blood receive the truth of the elementary teaching of Christ and walk in his ways, then you need to treat them as your neighbors. And so you, you may hear the question, how do we correctly uh, treat them? I can give you many illustrations of the life of saints, uh, bold uh, saints of God. And if you ask Christ, how do you correctly treat? The, treat? Uh, so he says, if your parents receive the teaching, the elementary teaching of Christ, and walk in his ways, then you need to treat them as your neighbors. <clears throat> if it is the contrary, if our parents by blood reject and pervert the truth of the elementary teaching which has been revealed to us by the Holy Spirit, by the preached word of the person representing to us a father from God, then such parents, according to Scripture, are dead to God. And then according to the words of Christ, it is necessary for us to walk the path of truth and let a similar type of dead to bury their own dead to God parents. Matthew 8, 21, 22. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. 
and this was uh, a, a, pro, a protest in a, in a way. Uh, in Israel, people love their parents uh, in a way that many in the world don't. And it's a very specific uh, love uh, for, for the parent and parent to the child. But he said, your parents are dead, so allow the dead bury their own dead, Jesus told him. And so if this, uh, there's still questions, I, I would suggest that you look back at this uh, fourth sign and reread all of the information that we've uh, gone through. Fifth sign, identifying our brother in Christ in the form of our neighbor is demonstrated in our children who, depending on how we treat the commandments of God, will be able to either bless us or dishonor us. We carry responsibility for them, and they will either bless us or dishonor us. Second Samuel 12, 11 through 12. This is the words that were spoken to David after he sinned. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will arise, I will raise up adversity against you from your own house, and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives in the sight of his, of this son. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel, before the son. Second Samuel 12, 11, 12. The prophecy was addressed to David, who having sinned against God, set Absalom against himself. One of his own sons, who is the, in the status of the fruit of David, was called to be a neighbor for David and to bless him. However, the sin of David irritated his son Absalom, and he, instead of blessing David, began to dishonor him. And when David repented, then God restored to him his status of a neighbor for his children. And then another son of David, Solomon, became a blessing for David. When we lead an incorrect form of life, our children become irritated, become discouraged, or lose heart, and dishonor us. Father... Uh, fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Colossians 3.21, Ephesians 6.4 and, and you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. In other words, be an example. But just being an example, you also need to speak to them also and continually talk to them about it. So they continually hear the word of God. And so when you look at the example, uh, and the example of a father, he will look at you as the example, but you also need to talk to him about these things. And when you understand that the commandments that we hear belong to us, you begin to work with them, and it helps us. Just being an example is not enough. Again, being an example and then speaking the word, that will uh, bring us to victory. We irritate our children and waste away in them the status of our neighbor when we begin to serve foreign gods and irritate the Lord. Deuteronomy 32, 16 through 21. They provoked him to jealousy with foreign gods. With abominations, they provoked him to anger. They sacrificed to demons, not to God to gods they did not know, to new gods, new arrivals that their fathers did not fear. 
of the rock who begot you, you are unmindful and have forgotten the God who fathered you. And when the Lord saw it, he spurned them because of the provocation of his sons and his daughters. And he said, to, and he said I will hide my face from them, and I will see what their end will be. For they are a perverse generation, children in whom is no faith. They have provoked me to jealousy by what is not good. They have moved me to anger by their foolish idols. But I will provoke them to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move them to anger by a foolish nation. Deuteronomy 32, 16-21 And so when parents begin to behave this way, children also turn their face away from the parents. Of course, this is not in every situation. If we know in the situation or in the parable that the son had left his father, and he didn't do it to dishonor his father, but he completely destroyed his life and came back. So we need to be very careful when we're seeing these two things. And so if you see a person has maybe a couple of their children go to church, a couple of them don't, and people begin to judge the situation, uh, why these are here, why these are not here, you need to see, uh, look at uh, and you need to look at your own situation and re, uh, check whether you are with the pigs or not and so as you remember this uh, younger son he had rejected uh, everything that he had refused everything he had and he went to his father with nothing just to uh, possibly uh, be shown mercy and so it's important for us not to pervert or to somehow misunderstand. And so may the Lord protect us uh, and from saying, oh, well, this is in, in this woman's situation or in that man's situation. In our church, we are not going to be doing these kinds of things. There are a lot of churches that love to do this. They, they love to do this. They do this all the time. But we will not be doing this. In our church, we will only apply this word to ourselves, to examine our own selves. Sixth sign, identifying our brother in Christ in the form of our neighbor, demonstrates itself in a specific nature of blind people, strangers, the fatherless, and widows. Deuteronomy 27, 18, 19. Cursed is the one who makes the blind to wander off the road, and all of the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is the one who perverts the justice due to the stranger, the fatherless, and widow, and all the people shall say, Amen. According to the given place, these four signs and virtues identify the essence of our neighbor. Symbolically, blindness, the first category of people, blindness, identifying the virtue of our neighbor and distinguishing him from the category of the called is a sign of the of trust in God, is a sign of trust in God where a person walks the paths of righteousness and the adoption of his body by the redemption of Christ. Due to the virtue of blindness, the Lord, by his people, representing him in the virtue of neighbors, will go forth like a mighty man, shall stir up his zeal like a man of war, will cry out and shout out loud, and will show himself strong by prevailing against the enemies of his neighbors. Isaiah 42, 13-20 The Lord shall go forth like a mighty man, he shall stir up his zeal like a man of war, he shall cry out, yes, shout out loud, 
he shall prevail against his enemies. I have held my peace a long time. For whose sake will he be doing all of this that we're reading? I have held my peace a long time. I have been still and restrained myself. Now I will cry like a woman in labor. I will pant and gasp at once. I will lay waste the mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will make the rivers coastlands and I will dry up the pools. I will bring the blind by a way they did not know. These are for whose sake he is doing this. I will bring the blind by a way they did not know. I will lead them in paths they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked places straight. These things I will do for them and not forsake them. For these blind, they shall be turned they shall be turned back, they shall be greatly ashamed, who trust in carved images, who say to the molded images, you are our gods. And so you are our gods, what is this? And so this is, again, they say to the idols that you, these carved images, you are our gods. And so often people ask for opinions of what these things are, but we look at the scriptures as pastor looks at the scriptures as to what, uh, how the scriptures explain what that is, who these molded images are. Hear, my, hear you deaf and look you blind. He's speaking to the deaf to hear and to, for the, uh, he speaks to the blind to look that you may see. This is who is blind but my servant, or deaf as my messenger whom I send, who is blind as he who is perfect, and blind as the Lord's servant, seeing many things but you do not observe, opening the ears but he did not hear. An interesting category of saints. A sign of a neighbor in the form of a stranger, distinguishing him from the category of the called, is a sign that the given person has died for his nation so that he can become a part of the chosen by God remnant and inherit the given to him promise of of the adoption of his body by the redemption of Christ. And so if they died for their nation, then so we die, why for our nation? For our Russian or, or Ukrainian or or any any nation from so that we can become a, a part of the body of Christ and being a part of the body of Christ we can then be a blessing for all the nations that we died for you see let's see here how Ruth did this Ruth 1 16, 17 but Ruth said entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you for what, wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will be will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. And so this Moabite woman, Ruth, died for her nation, and she then was included in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. A sign of a neighbor in the form of the fatherless, and so there's the blind, then the person who is a stranger, and now the fatherless. 
distinguishing him from the category of the called as a sign that the given person died for the house of his father so that he can inherit the adoption of his body by the redemption of Christ. 1 Peter 18, 1, 18 through 21 Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believed in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your father or your faith and hope are in God. And so the sign of a neighbor in the form of a widow, distinguishing him from the category of the called, is a sign that the given person has died for governing sin within his body, occupying within his body the role of a husband in the corrupt desires of the flesh and thoughts to inherit the adoption of your body by the redemption of Christ. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed by the spirit of your mind and that, you, and that you put on the new man which is created in accordance to God in righteousness and holy truth. And so these are categories again of a neighbor that we need to be for one another and so the concluding sign, seventh sign identifying our brother in Christ in the form of our neighbor, we will not be able to be clothed into the perfection of the Heavenly Father if we will not allow the Holy Spirit to clothe us into the holy and selective love of God. And the holy and selective love of God always is present in the atmosphere of brotherly love. And what is brotherly love? This is not love just for the male gender. This is love for our neighbor. And who is our neighbor? all of these seven that we are listing right now. Seventh sign, identifying our brother in Christ in the form of our neighbor, is demonstrated in the category of people who abide in the tabernacle of God upon God's holy hill. Another area where uh, we see in our church as our neighbor, not every saint can be, again, uh, a neighbor to us. That doesn't mean we need to abandon anyone, but we need to understand that every person is a neighbor. Uh, We need to value and love all the saints, these that we see upon the Holy Scriptures. Who are these people? Who are these saints who are or abide in the tabernacle of God upon God's holy hill? Psalm 15, 1 through 3. Lord, Who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? Who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? Here is the one who can. He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil in his evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend. <clears throat> Here is who our neighbor is. And we of course don't need to be looking to the sides, we need to look at ourselves 
and examine ourselves and also those that we uh what the things that we say do we backbite with our tongue do we speak negative things against others if you are at a table and these things are being spoken to you sometimes it is necessary just just to stand up and leave or maybe say please don't speak negative things against our brothers in my presence this includes the pastor the apostle and also members of the body and so when one acts this way these are not neighbors for whom you can lay down your life The exception to the rule, as soon as our neighbors depart from God and begin to burn incense to other gods, they lose their place and virtue within our hearts to be our neighbors. Other gods that people begin burning incense to, losing the status of our neighbor, is a form of at-will service where they reject the order of God. And instead of seeking God as the blesser, anointer, and giver, they begin to search for blessings, anointing, and gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in this way they transform into wicked and lawless men, which requires us to break all relationships with them and distance ourselves from them, otherwise they will corrupt our good habits and we will inherit the prepared for them destruction. Exodus 32:26 through 29. Then Moses stood in the entrance of the camp and said, Whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together with him. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let every man put his sword on his side and go in and out from entrance to entrance throughout the camp. And let every man kill his brother, every man his com- his companion, and every man his neighbor. So the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and about three thousand men of the people fell that day. Then Moses said, Consecrate yourself today to the Lord, that he may bestow on you a blessing this day, for every man has opposed his son and his brother. When we break our relationship with people who have rejected the order that is contained, in the body of Christ and they have come out from us speaking maliciously against us and perverting the teaching of the truth calling the excrement of their arrogant mind a different gospel we in this way dedicate our hands to the Lord in the law people like this were put to death but we live in the New Testament what we can do is break our relationship with such people just no longer have fellowship with such people and God sees looks at this as our dedicating our hands to the Lord so that he can send to us his blessing and so this doesn't mean that you need to be expressive and begin to speak uh, profanity or bad things uh, negative things against this person you don't need to show anything outwardly you simply just need to break that fellowship and you just pass by instead of having a conversation 
I personally have always, even during like a, uh, as soon as a person dies for God, God is my witness. I no longer have interest uh, in such people. What is going on even with the so-called anointed person? I no longer am interested in what happens with them or what did what they do uh, going forward. It is not an object of my interest anymore. And so we have heard a sufficient amount of information. And so shortly, the signs that identify our neighbor, and there are a minimum of seven of them. First, this is the Lord and his messengers. They are our neighbor. Further, our sacred person, who is our neighbor and friend, and needs to be a friend also for our renewed mind and our clean mouth. Also, saints that are in the church who have died for the nation, the house of their father, and corrupt desires. Also, our parents who have received the truth and are within the order of the body of Christ. Our children are our neighbors. Also, a specific uh, form of the blind, the fatherless, the widow, and stranger, and finally, those who are within the sanctuary of the Lord, the tabernacle of the Lord, and upon his holy hill. Right now, we're going to pray and ask all to come out here who want, who who have been wounded, wounded by sin, wounded by lust, and are in need of this oil, in our need of this balm, are in need of their wounds to be uh, healed. If you've received justification in the format of the seed and want to receive it in the form of the fruit of righteousness, we'll absolutely see upon this road these thieves and they will wound us. But the Lord has his inn, which is the church, where he can heal us and erect the stronghold of life within our bodies. We wait for you here at the altar. Let us pray. I'm going to be praying your prayer and I ask you to deeply believe that God is on your side he's not against you he has loved us with an eternal love he has given to us the work of his redemption he has stood between us and our enemies to protect us and to lift us up to his level to his holy level close your eyes this is your secret room lift your hands to God this is a sign that your hands are without wrath or doubt Pray together with me. Heavenly Father, 
in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you, and upon this holy place, in the church of your holy people, I open up my heart, so that you may see my pain, my suffering, my wounds that are inflicted by sin and lust, which I hate and that I reject. I come to you with my pain, with my illness, my fear, a pampered dignity, dishonor, and I ask you, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, heal me, restore me, protect me, justify me, and right now, before heaven and hell, I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words, I am washed, I am cleansed, I am healed, I am restored, I am justified, and I am saved. May the Lord bless you. May He look upon you with His great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they won't touch you. May upon you the blessings come of the ancient mountains and everlasting hills. May with noise the stronghold of death be thrusted out of your out of your body and may the stronghold of life be erected in its place. May all this be upon you and upon your children and the nation shall say, Amen. We, of course, are thankful for the word that we have heard today, that we together were able to see and open up the new that we've heard. Every time we look at and we repeat the truth, we open up something new. This is a sign that this word is God's revelation. It's not because we forget. You ask, people ask the question, how do I make it that I have a good memory? It's not in having a good memory, it's the fact that we're working with the Word of God and when we go through something and remember something, it will be new and new again. And what does this say? That we need to continuously abide in it and meditate on it and work with it. And that's why we have these wonderful cell groups where we continue to do this. Let us proclaim our manifestation. Now to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless, before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.